time for Lickin' On Lending. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. Welcome to Lickin' On Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news, all related to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. To participate in today's program, our guest call in line is 646 716 4972. Now, here's your host of Lickin' On Lending, David Lickin'. Let's begin. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you here with us. It is Monday, another beautiful Monday, where we get to do a podcast with you, sharing with you all that's going on in the industry. It is October 12th, 2020. Again, this podcast is created by mortgage professionals. It is for mortgage professionals, and we're just thrilled to have you as our listener. Our commitment is to bring you timely information in an audio format that you can listen to anytime and anywhere. We're going to have Pete Mills on with us as a guest on the Hot Topics segment. We're going to be talking about the upcoming MBA annual conference. Very excited. I'll be there attending it virtually, as we all will be virtually attending it. And uh, looking forward for him to talk about all that's going on there. So very excited about that. So anyway, you'll want to be sure to tune in to the Hot Topics segment. I want to say that we're so proud to be a part of the Industry Syndicate. You can go out to industrysyndicate.com. You can take a look at all the other industry podcasts, mortgage industry podcasts, real estate related podcasts, and download some great information. This is a great resource for many who are out there that are looking at how to interact with realtors, that are working with salespeople, a lot of great stuff out there. Again, our podcast is primarily focused on the C-suite, the leadership, the general direction of the mortgage industry. We are at times, and we're going to be getting in and doing some hot topics in the area of coaching. We've got a, uh, an exciting friend of mine coming on to talk about executive coaching. That's so important. But also, we're going to be talking a lot about in the future of what's going on in technology. And I've got Alan Pollock. He's dialed in. We're going to be talking about that somewhat to tease that up when Al and I are talking here in a few minutes. But so excited to have you with us. Also, check out mortgagemedia.com. We're on that website as well. And we're all trying to, again, bring information and resource to the industry in an audio format. So glad to have you be here with us. I want to say a shout out to all of our listeners. There's so many of them out there. But a specific shout out to the MBA. They do a great job of helping us get the word out to the industry about important topics. They help us, we help them. So it's a great relationship. And so thrilled with the MBA. And that's the focus of our hot topic again. Our sponsors again are the MBA, Mortgage Bankers Association of America. And be sure to check out Marina Walsh's interview that we did on September 14th. We're talking about where costs are at and where earnings are at. Highest record earnings, 166 basis points, average independent mortgage bankers, net revenue, pre-tax. We have clients that are well up in nearly 300 basis points net pre-tax profits right now. It's just crazy what where we're at. Where is it heading? Well, we're going to learn more next week at the MBA conference. We'll talk about that in a bit. Also, a special thank you to Finastra, whose Fusion Mortgage Bot Solution automatically addresses the compliance issues while delivering enhanced borrower satisfaction and increased productivity. I had Steve Hoke on the podcast back on August 24th, 2020. And uh, Steve and I had a great discussion about some of the tools that they have. So check out that podcast. Also, Lenders One, we got Justin Demolia and the friends there. They do a great job. We had Justin on June 1st talking about uh, some of the initiatives going on at Lenders One. And then along with Mortgage Collaborative, both of these co-ops provide a 
competitive advantages for lenders and vendor members. Again, we're all missing these conferences that we have as a result of COVID. Can't wait to get back. It's just one of those things we're all hungry to get back into one-on-one meetings and one-on-one connections. So important. Also, I want to say CMLA, Community Mortgage Lenders of America. We have Michael Jones on on September 21st just a few weeks ago. Check out that podcast, as well as Indicom, which supports every stage of the mortgage lifecycle with automation, outsourcing, and compliance. Go listen to the podcast we did on August 31st with Linda Bomar and Narayan. That podcast was a good one. And there's some resources there, especially in the underwriting department. Again, talk about that in just a minute with Alan Pollock. Also, Incelerate. This company helps lenders close more loans by engaging borrowers and prospects and check out the podcast we did with Josh Friend back on August 17th. And then Ainsworth Advisors, be sure to check out what we did September 7th. And also AI Assist, they're a great company that adds artificial intelligence to the sales process. Check that out as well as Innovian. Ted Kramer has kind of one of the best solutions to help you optimize your mortgage executions. You need to check out and go to Innovian, I-N-N-O-V-I-E-N-T.com. Check it out as well as Knowledge Coop Mobility RE. Both of these do a great job helping you focus and recruit top loan officers as well as providing tools on how to connect effectively with the real estate community. Also, we had Brent Amler on here just recently on September 2nd. Uh, we also had Vendor Surf and Vidyard. We talk about them regularly. Check them all out. A special thank you to our regulars, Alice, Andy, Alan, and Matt. It's a holiday, so Matt called in and says, hey, nothing to talk about in the market. Looking at the economic calendar this week, Tuesday, we have the Consumer Price Index, and that is expected to be down just slightly, as well as core CPI. That comes out on Tuesday. Also, we have the federal budget expected to come in at a negative 124. Then on Wednesday, we have the Mortgage Market Index, and then we have the MBA Purchase Index, as well as the Mortgage Refinance Index. I believe all of those are coming out of the MBA, as well as the Core Producers Price Index. So CPP, and uh, be sure to check those out. Those are a very indication. Then on Friday, we've got some of uh, the Philly Fed Business Index. Eh, it's not going to have a big mover on us. About to be coming just slightly under what it was last month. And then jobless claims. That's going to be an interesting one. And what else is going on? I'm looking at Matt's nbslive.net. So anyway, be sure to check out all of the economic data and how it's rolling out. I love this website because you see exactly where everything is on one page. Appreciate them so much. Let's get over and hear what Rob Van Raphorst has for us this week. Rob? Hi, I'm Rob Van Raphorst. Welcome to the Mortgage Minute and the latest news from the Mortgage Bankers Association. Last week, MBA submitted comments to the FHFA in response to its newly released strategic plan for fiscal years 2021 to 2024, which provides insight on the activities and priorities of FHFA in the coming years. MBA applauded many of the market conduct reforms included in the plan, but raised significant concerns with FHFA's request for Congress to grant the agency examination authority over non-bank servicers. We feel that FHFA's rationale for seeking such authority is flawed. Going forward, MBA will continue to advocate for more permanent reforms that are needed to ensure that GSEs operate with financial strength and appropriate market conduct post-conservatorship. MBA will also educate Congress regarding our concerns with the FHFA's request for examination authority over GSE customers. Also last week, CFPB released new guidance on the real estate 
Settlement Procedures Act, or RESPA, and marketing servicing agreements. The guidance explains how RESPA Section 8 applies to MSAs, gift, and promotional activities. Going forward, MBA will continue its advocacy efforts at resolving uncertainty surrounding RESPA Section 8. That's it for now. Thanks for joining me. Good job. I always love what Rob Van Rappaport does. Appreciate the MBA mortgage unit. Appreciate partnership with the MBA. Be sure to check out what the MBA provides in the way of Mortgage Action Alliance. You should be a member of the MBA. But the good news is you do not have to be a member, even though you should be, you do not have to be a member to be able to have your voice heard. They have this wonderful app called the Mortgage Action Alliance app. You can download on your smartphone, look at all the initiatives, things they're recommending, and you just do it with a few clicks. You can have your word. You can be behind talking to your senators and representatives, folks. It is such a powerful tool, and I strongly recommend that you check it out. MBA does a fabulous job of representing our industry. Why anyone would not want to be a member, I do not know, especially with the advocacy of what they do for us on the Hill. That's just one of many things. So looking forward to be talking with Pete Mills later on in the podcast here shortly. Also, I want to say especially <laughs> Rob Van Rapport does such a good job. He's always coordinating things for us at the last minute. And so, Rob, you are one valued and appreciated guy, especially with all you do at the MBA, but especially with what you provide for us here on the Look at Lenny podcast. Let's get over to Les Parker's uh, TM Spotlight and this week's Macro View of the Markets. Les? TM Spotlight Soundbite is brought to you by Power Seller, making hedging easy. Girl, you really got my sound. You moved them so they don't know what they're doing. Last week, disingenuous negotiating by the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, caused stocks and treasuries to bounce around. She'll really do more. Now the good news about COVID-19 therapeutics, vaccines, and death rates support the U.S. economic revival. In turn, the risk declines that all central banks will monetize their respective countries' debt, so gold really breaks down. Markets believe reason and science prevail over panic and alarmism. Rising uncertainty in an uneven yet positive recovery hurts gold, oil, socks, and bonds. You better lock loans. These views are my own. Go to tmspotlight.com to subscribe to my daily newsletter. Okay, that's uh, the result of Gary Canterbone and Les Parker working together. There you have it. Good job. Message is good. And uh, where we're we going with the markets. Check out Les Parker's newsletter. It's free. That's actually a subscription service that you can get for free. But when you're subscribing at tmspotlight.com, if you put in the word power, P-O-W-E-R, for power seller, in the code section, you will be able to get the paid subscription for free. Pretty cool. Matt Graham, of course, is not with us. Alice Alvey is also enjoying her holiday today. Again, this is a banking holiday, so a lot of people are off. But we've got Alan Pollock here, and I always love Alan here. And Alan, it's good to have you joining us. Thanks so much for dialing in. I have some things I can't wait to talk to you about today. It's fantastic. As always, Mr. Licken, TGIM, to be here. So uh, what do you got for me? Well, first of all, I just came off a call with one of my clients, and everyone is facing this problem. Underwriters are overworked. They've got more volume. And what we're looking at is, you know, how do you continue to just 
go out and hire and steal people, you need to create your own. But the other thing that we're seeing more and more lenders using is technology and using artificial intelligence as well as tools that will be able to allow underwriters mm-hmm. to underwrite more loans. In other words, we can't hire enough people, so we've got to get them doing more and do it well. Yeah. Now, they're going to do that is through artificial intelligence and through giving them tools, technology tools. So I want to talk about that. Actually, one of our clients listening in on this podcast, he says, I can't wait to hear what Alan has to say. So, Alan? I love it. Well, I appreciate you bringing me one listener today, David. So thank you. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, it's funny you bring this up, and I do my best, and and I know you do as well, not to plug myself or where I work or write anything yeah. like that. And we, we try and stay very in the middle. But I will say... It's so funny because this morning I had the exact same conversation. I've been working on a project. Now, let me take I out of this at this point, but the industry has been working on a number of ways to fix that problem. And there's two ways to do it, right? One is with human capital, and you either have that human capital or you've got to go lease it, right? And there's plenty of that out there. You can go lease it. And two is to truly take advantage and use the technology that we've been working on for so long. Half of my career in mortgage was building automated document and data recognition and technology to to use that data and process all of the pre-underwrite, post-underwrite, post-close, pre-ship, even post-close QC rules. And so if you have not yet taken the time to work with a vendor to do that, you want to do that because the technology is there now. It's not perfect. There's a human element involved, but it's not your human element. These vendors have that human element already built in and they do a belt and suspenders approach to make sure the data and the documents are accurate. You have the right version of the documents you're looking at, and they identify, they'll even identify when signatures don't match certain technology solutions. The ability to take all of your loan volume and onboard it, right? And be able to one, automatically identify the document. Just think about if you're acquiring TPO business. So David, actually make sure I support the client we're talking to today. Are they onboarding TPO, is it correspondent files or just retail retail production? It's it's all retail production, an abundance, prolifera of uh, refinance, more than they they want. But so they're all retail, no no correspondent at this point. Sure. So there's a lot of different angles you can look at this. But if you look at it from the point of ingesting documents at the borrower uploads, depending on your point of sale or your technology provider, they may just be a blob of documents or just pictures from a cell phone that were taken and uploaded. So being able to recognize them, verify that they meet the satisfactory, the condition that they've been uploaded for, or the the stipulation, let's say. But then even more importantly, being able to take at any point in the process, whether it's pre-underwrite, even if it's post-close pre-ship before the file goes out to the investor, being able to verify you have all the documents and do the data elements, are they correct? And are certain calculations, certain income and tax calculations, are they correct? Being able to use technology to do that, it's there today and you should be leveraging it. If you want to reach out to me, I can give you the name of a couple of vendors that do that. I'd be more than happy to. It's Alan, A-L-L-E-N, at TMS-advisors.com. We also do that at my company. But there, there's lots of technology out there. And that's where I, I would be focusing my time. Even if it's not going to give you an immediate reduction right now, it's an investment that's going to help you in the short term, but really in the long term. So let's talk about creating some hope for these people. There, talk about what you're seeing. What level of productivity increase 
are you seeing lenders use it, whether your solution or some of the others out there? I think we're going to get back to the point where we can get eight, 10 loans per underwriter underwritten a day. It's because they're yeah, going to be per person per day. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we've got to get back to that. We can't continue throwing bodies at the problem. Yeah. So I've got one client right now, actually, where I, I've actually gone to the human capital approach where we've just given them a number of post-close auditors. This lender does about 2,000 closed loans per month, and they don't have to hire any more people. It's all leasing humans, and they now have been able to take on and move all of that over. But I'm working on the second phase of that project, which is this checklist that these post-close auditors are doing. We're able to automate 75% of the entire checklist using technology. That means when you look at loans per person per day, David, if 75%, one auditor could only do three loans a day, then that's really investigating, interrogating the loan file, right? Imagine if you only had to give them 25% of each loan. So right there alone, you've gone from three to many more loans per day, but the accuracy level of what you've been able to take away from them is much higher. Now, that 25% that's lower that's left doesn't mean that it's still going to take 25% of time. It could have been super simple things like verifying two signatures match or verifying that some piece of data that needs to be reviewed is reviewed that technology can't review because technology is not completely perfect yet. So anyways, that's a huge lift, David, if you consider just having people do the exception-based items or just that small leftover component. So how many loans per person per day? What if one person with the technology was clearing 10 to 15 loans per day compared to the three that they could have done prior. There's so much opportunity. What are you seeing as far as the various solutions that the companies that you're working with are implementing? I mean, we all know everyone's trying to throw bodies at the problem. But I mean, the the faster that we truly adopt the e-note is that this problem can go away because we're working with all digital data. And so now we're talking about automating, having access to first-gen data and automating the rule process around that data. That's huge. So So you're going to basically empower all of our technology partners to have the data they need and the ability for them to verify that we have all the different checkpoints in the process. Why can't our point-of-sale technology solutions have the data and verify, you know, checks and balances for us up front, right? And then our LOS partners have more data in the middle, and they can verify. And why not have compliance not only ran before you submit a loan at the very end, but why not have compliance ran up front? Right? Those are the things that we're going to empower our industry to do. We're going to completely change the game once we can get more of our industry continue down this fully digital path. Get some questions in coming in from our listeners. One of them is, will the LOS ever cease to be the system of record? Are you seeing any movement in technology, Alan, as it relates to a move away from the LOS being the system of record? That's a great point. And, you know, so many people have brought that up. The, the question is, right, can you, when you look at MERS, right, and you look at the, the ICE exchange and all the technology solutions they've acquired, could they become the next repository and the database of record? Sure, why not? And there's others that could be as well. But the reality is that they're not during the origination process, right? They're an after the fact. And right. so the loan origination system today is the database of record. Which now ICE owns, one of the biggest out there. So they, they now are in that game uh, and in that spot. Completely true. But again, it's difficult to say that. I do think, though, the role of the LOS is going to change. And for loan origination systems that are not componentized or built more like a microservices platform, 
where they can interact with many different technology solutions and be organized as you need them, that's where things will be different, right? You want to be in a system that you can push more focus to the point of sale, or you can push more focus to a third-party vendor, and you have that flexibility. But as of today, the database of record is still the LOS. And you don't see any changes on that at this I, point? It's hard to say. I, I'd like to see some changes. I think there, it's going to bring up some very unique opportunity, especially with the liquidity of these assets and being able to value them up front. More digital data we have, the better quality assets we'll have as well. Yeah. We also are seeing more consolidation within the tech industry. I have another question coming in about that. Is this something that we're going to continue to see? And is it going to go advantage of the bigs? Now, you're working for a particular company. It's privately held and, uh, you know, open, close, good company, doing a lot of innovation. But then you look at ICE, you look at Black Knight, you look at these behemoths that are out there now that are really gobbling up in a very strategic way. We watched also Compliances was just recently acquired. So what are you seeing as far as acquisitions? Is this just buying up the old stuff and trying to use it? And then there's a new crop of new innovation coming in, or is it really going to be an advantage to the companies like ICE and Black Knight? Yeah, it's such a good question. The tricky part, it's almost like a multidimensional answer because when you really get down to it, being a tech vendor is really tough. You've either been around since the late 90s and early 2000s, and you have so many band-aids that you're raising your hand and saying, you know what, it's time to sell. If I get the right offer, you've probably been saying that for a while, you know, you're ready to to ride someone's coattail now to become bigger and better faster, or you've done it and you're ready to walk away. So that's where you see a lot of acquisitions. The second thing, David, that's really tricky is it's very hard to break into this industry. You have to know somebody or you have to know the business. And so you can't just, you know, there was a lot of, lot of money in Silicon Valley for a while, a lot of new tech solutions, especially once point of sale came around. And there's still some, but unless you've got a bank investing in you or a lender poning up cash to get you running, you don't know the industry, you don't have access to tools and to data, it's very difficult. So for anyone that has started something that's a good idea and you can meet the right people, you're gonna be acquired or you're going to die on the vine, which is, which is really sad, right? Because our industry is not about that at all. We foster innovation. It's just very difficult. And then you've got the bigger entities, like you mentioned, where they have a large customer base that they want to serve. And lenders, they're tired of dying death by a thousand cuts, right? How many right. more solutions can I pay for? How many more vendors to manage? How many more you know, A, B, C, and Ds I have to work with? It's easier when you have one partner that takes care of everything. And so it's a difficult answer to to give you a perfect uh, response to. Yeah, it's going to be real interesting. That gives us a good shift over to the NBA. We're about ready to bring Pete Mills on. I'm going to talk to him about the upcoming conference. But what are you anticipating as far as some of the announcements that we might be seeing out of the NBA? You know, every time we go to one of these annual conferences, that seems to be the the Mm -hmm. place and the opportunity where everyone wants to make some general announcements. Is there anything in the world of technology that you think we should be looking for? Yeah. And then then after that, David, I want to mention one thing I was going to give in today's update, but I like your change of direction today. I believe that we're going to be focused on exactly what we talked about, underwriting, right? How to use technology to advance underwriting, operational efficiencies. I think I heard the NBA say that lenders are finally seeing profits. Operational costs are flat or, or falling, depending on who you are and what you're investing in. The fact that we're continuing, we know as an industry, we have to continue to invest in more technology. So we're going to see that. I think collateral 
valuation and what happened with COVID and appraisals and e-closings. Those are all areas where we're going to continue to see more innovation. And then I also think that looking to continue to empower the consumer and partners is going to be a really hot topic. And then, of course, David, diversity in technology as well as in mortgage lending. I don't think we're diverse enough. I think that there's many more opportunity for women and other types of people to uh, participate and to have have those chances. Uh, So that's one thing. And then I did want to mention, this is such a big announcement. Last two weeks, we didn't mention this because we've had such awesome topics. Blend just made an announcement going back a couple of weeks now that they're now tighter into consumer banking. So if you remember many weeks ago, they talked about online account opening almost two years ago. And it's been something that I've also been very close to. Well, now it's one example, M&T, they're now doing the ability to when you log into MNT as a consumer, you now can see six different products that you're already approved for. And Blend has expanded what they do into personal loans, credit cards, all those that's types of things. And that's where we're going to see a, a lot of the customer experience, being smarter, more empowered to the customer. Uh, I think we're going to continue to see a shift that way. That's not going to go away at all. Yeah. Good stuff. Alan, but we got to get moving over to talk to Pete Mills here. So thanks so much for joining in, seeing as we had a few others enjoying the holidays. And so many people have said, yeah. man, I just had to sit in and listen to you and Alan talk about that. So they got a chance to. And we're going to be doing more of that. Uh, I love so, it. Hey, David, it. next week we're going to talk about the phrase, let me see your swagger. It's a tech term. It's flying around the C-suite. Some folks don't know what it is. Some folks are just repeating it because they think they know what it is. But we're going to talk about, let me see your swagger next week. All right. I can't wait. Thanks so much, Alan. Looking forward to seeing you virtually at the conference. Uh, Likewise. All right, man. Talk to you soon. Have a great week. Folks, that wraps up this week's Mortgage Industry Update. Thanks, everyone. Good to have you with us. Next week, we're going to talk about coaching, and we're going to be talking about the importance of having a coach. I've got my good friend David Norris joining me on the microphone, so be sure to check back next week. Also, we want to say a special thank you to our sponsors, the Mortgage Bankers Association of America, Finastra, as well as the CMLA, as well as Indicom, Incelerate, Ainsworth, Mobility RE, and just go check out all our sponsors on our website. We're out of time, folks. Have a great week, and look forward to seeing you back here next week. been listening to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin' of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us next week. 